0: Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, and this is the one-year chronological Bible reading for September 4th. Rooms for Preparing Sacrifices, Ezekiel 40, 38-43 A room with a doorway was by the portico in each of the inner gateways where the burnt offerings were washed. In the portico of the gateway were two tables on each side on which the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings were slaughtered. By the outside wall of the portico of the gateway, near the steps at the entrance of the north gateway, were two tables, and on the other side of the steps were two tables. So there were four tables on one side of the gateway, four on the other, eight tables in all, on which the sacrifices were slaughtered. There were also four tables of dressed stone for the burnt offerings, each a cubit and a half long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit high. On them were placed the utensils for slaughtering the burnt offerings and the other sacrifices." and double-pronged hooks, each a handbreadth long, were attached to the wall all around. The tables were for the flesh of the offerings. Rooms for the priests, Ezekiel 40, 44-47. Outside the inner gate, within the inner court, were two rooms, one at the side of the north gate and facing south, and another at the side of the south gate and facing north. He said to me, The room facing south is for the priests who guard the temple, and the room facing north is for the priests who guard the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, who are the only Levites, who may draw near to the Lord to minister before him. Then he measured the court. It was square, a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits wide, and the altar was in front of the temple. The inner courtyard and temple. Ezekiel 40:48 40, through 41:26. He brought me to the portico of the temple and measured the jams of the portico. They were five cubits wide on either side. The width of the entrance was fourteen cubits, and its projecting walls were three cubits wide on either side. The portico was twenty cubits wide, and twelve cubits from front to back. It was reached by a flight of stairs, and there were pillars on each side of the jambs. Then the man brought to me the main hall and measured the jambs. The width of the jambs was six cubits on each side. The entrance was ten cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were five cubits wide. He also measured the main hall. It was forty cubits long and twenty cubits wide. Then he went into the inner sanctuary and measured the jambs of the entrance. Each was two cubits wide. The entrance was six cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were seven cubits wide. And he measured the length of the inner sanctuary. It was 20 cubits, and its width was 20 cubits across the end of the main hall. He said to me, this is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple. It was six cubits thick, and each side room around the temple was four cubits wide. The side rooms were on the three levels, one above another, 30 on each level. There were ledges all around the wall of the temple to serve as supports for the side rooms so that the supports were not inserted into the wall of the temple. The side rooms all around the temple were wider at each successive level. The structure surrounding the temple was built in ascending stages so that the rooms widened as one went upward. A stairway went up from the lowest floor to the top floor through the middle floor. I saw that the temple had a raised base all around it, forming the foundation of the side rooms. It was the length of the rod feet six- long cubits. The outer wall of the side rooms was five cubits thick. The open area between the side rooms of the temple and the priests' rooms was 20 cubits wide all around the temple. There were entrances to the side rooms from the open area, one on the north, another on the south, and the base adjoining the open area was five cubits wide all around. The building facing the temple courtyard on the west side was 70 cubits wide. The wall in the building was five cubits thick all around, and its length was 90 cubits. Then he measured the temple. It was a hundred cubits long, and the temple courtyard and the building with its walls were also a hundred cubits long. The width of the temple courtyard on the east, including the front of the temple, was a hundred cubits. Then he measured the length of the building facing the courtyard at the rear of the temple, including its galleries on each side. It was a hundred cubits. The main hall, the inner sanctuary, and the portico facing the court, as well as the thresholds and the narrow windows and galleries around the three of them, everything beyond, and including the threshold, was covered with wood. The floor, the wall up to the windows, and the windows were covered. In the space above the outside of the entrance to the inner sanctuary, and on the walls at regular intervals all around the inner and outer sanctuary, were carved cherubim and palm trees. Palm trees are alternated with cherubim. Each cherub had two faces, the face of a human being toward the palm tree on one side, and the face of a lion toward the palm tree on the other. They were carved all around the whole temple. From the floor to the area above the entrance, cherubim and palm trees were carved on the wall in the main hall. The main hall had a rectangular door frame, and the one at the front of the Most Holy Place was similar. There was a wooden altar three cubits high and two cubits square. Its corners, its base, and its sides were of wood. The man said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. Both the main hall and the Most Holy Place had double doors. Each door had two leaves, two hinged leaves, for each door, and on the doors of the main hall were carved cherubim and palm trees like those carved on the walls, and there was a wooden overhang on the front of the portico. On the side wall of the portico were narrow windows with palm trees carved on each side. The side rooms of the temple also had overhangs. Rooms for the priests, Ezekiel 42, 1-20. Then the man led me northward into the outer court and brought me to the rooms opposite the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall on the north side. The building whose door faced north was 100 cubits long and 50 cubits wide. Both in the section 20 cubits from the inner court and in the section opposite the pavement on the outer court, gallery faced gallery at the three levels. In front of the rooms was an inner passageway 10 cubits wide and 100 cubits long. Their doors were on the north. Now the upper rooms were narrower, for the galleries took more space from them than from the rooms on the lower and middle floors of the building. The rooms on the top floor had no pillars, as the courts had, so they were smaller in floor space than those on the lower and middle floors. There was an outer wall parallel to the rooms and the outer court. It extended in front of the rooms for 50 cubits. While the row of rooms on the side next to the outer court was 50 cubits long, the row on the side nearest the sanctuary was a 100 cubits long. The lower rooms had an entrance on the east side as one enters them from the outer court. On the south side along the length of the wall of the outer court, Adjoining the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall were rooms with a passageway in front of them. These were like the rooms on the north. They had the same length and width with similar exits and dimensions. Similar to the doorways on the north were the doorways of the rooms on the south. There was a doorway at the beginning of the passageway that was parallel to the corresponding wall extending eastward by which one enters the rooms. Then he said to me, the north and south rooms facing the temple courtyard are the priest's rooms where the priest who approached the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. There they will put the most holy offerings, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings, for the place is holy. Once the priests enter the holy precincts, they are not to go into the outer court until they leave behind the garments in which they minister, for these are holy. They are to put on other clothes before they go near the places that are for the people. When he had finished measuring what was inside the temple area, he led me out by the east gate and measured the area all around. He measured the east side with the measuring rod. It was five cubits, 500 cubits. He measured the north side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. He measured the south side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. Then he turned to the west side and measured. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. So he measured the area on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long and 500 cubits wide, to separate the holy from the common. The Lord's glory returns, Ezekiel 43, 1-12. to Then the man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple. He said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. The people of Israel will never again defile my holy name. Neither they nor their kings by their prostitution and the funeral offerings for their kings at their death. When they place their threshold next to my threshold and their doorpost beside my doorpost." With only a wall between me and them, they defiled my holy name by their detestable practices. So I destroyed them in my anger. Now let them put away from me their prostitution and the funeral offerings for their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider its perfection, and if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangements, its exits and entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and laws. Write these down before them, so that they may be faithful to its design and follow all its regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. The altar, Ezekiel 43, 13-27 These are the measurements of the altar in long cubits, that cubit being a cubit and a handbreadth. Its gutter is a cubit deep and a cubit wide, with a rim of one span around the edge. And this is the height of the altar. From the gutter on the ground to the lower edge that goes around the altar, it is two cubits high and the ledge is a cubit wide. From this lower ledge to the upper ledge that goes around the altar, it's four cubits high and that ledge is also a cubit wide. Above that the altar hearth is four cubits high and four horns project upward from the hearth. The altar hearth is square, twelve cubits long and twelve cubits wide. The upper ledge also is square, fourteen cubits long and fourteen cubits wide. All around the altar is a gutter of one cubit With a rim and a half a cubit. The steps of the altar face east. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for sacrificing burnt offerings and splashing blood against the altar when it is built. You are to give a young bull as a sin offering to the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who come near to minister before me, declares the sovereign Lord. You are to take some of its blood and put on it the four horns of the altar and on the four corners of the upper ledge and all around the rim, and so purify the altar and make atonement for it. You are to take the bull for the sin offering and burn it in the designated part of the temple area outside the sanctuary. On the second day you are to offer a male goat without defect for a sin offering, and the altar is to be purified as it was purified with the bull. When you finish purifying it, you are to offer a young bull and ram from the flock, both without defect. You are to offer them before the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and sacrifice them as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you are to provide a male goat daily for a sin offering, and you are also to provide a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without defect. For seven days they are to make atonement for the altar and cleanse it. Thus they will dedicate it. At the end of those days, from the eighth day on, the priests are to present your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar. Then I will accept you, declares the Sovereign Lord. And that's the end of the reading for September 4th. Well, this is one of those days you might ask, what in the world do I take away from this? It's all about the temple and the specifics. But it's interesting to me that um, God says to his prophet, I want you to describe this to my people because this is what it's supposed to be. In other words, he's reminding them of the correct worship of God a place where they used to worship a new vision of what it could be and and near the end as it describes this the altar and the idea of sacrifices it's a reminder also of the blood the blood that covers sins god set this up from the beginning with the old testament with his people israel And he can't help but look ahead to how this impacts me today. Not a place of worship that's ornate and that has a sanctuary. That's not uh, what's important anymore. It's the idea that, that I worship God rightly. That when I gather with God's people on a Sunday, let's say, That it's about our hearts, not about the ornate decorations or lack thereof. And that it's also about the blood. We no longer have to sacrifice animals for our forgiveness of sins because there was one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's why we worship Him. So Father, I pray that today and in the days to come, I would remember this as a praise to you that as i worship you with your people it's not about the decorations it's no longer about the specific items that are found in a building but it is about my heart lifted to you in praise and it's no longer about the blood sacrificed by an animal it is about the blood of your son jesus who was shed for my sins And Father, in that, I thank you, I praise you, I worship you, and I dedicate my day to living for you. In Jesus' name, amen.